We're going to be in the book of Matthew, chapter 6 again. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, and we'll close out Matthew chapter 6 today. And I get into Matthew chapter 7, still preaching through the Sermon on the Mount. And I believe if my uh, math is right, I only have one or two sermons left. Uh, I told you six weeks, and this has just flown by. Matthew chapter number 6, verse 25. When you arrive there, I ask that you would uh, stand to honor the reading of God's Word if you're able. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. If you're there, please say amen. Jesus speaking says this. He says, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Let's bow our heads and pray. Once again, Father, we come to you Lord, with grateful hearts this morning, with uh, hearts that are just, just filled this morning, knowing that you are an awesome God. And Lord, I just pray that as we open your word and, and we dive into the text, this the greatest sermon that was ever preached, Lord, that you would just bless the, the, this reading this morning, bless the preaching, bless all that is done. And God, I just pray that it would be to your glory. Lord, I pray that you would use me as your vessel this morning. God, help me to preach your word. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for the opportunity of being here. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Jesus says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Now, at surface reading, if you just read that and you go on, you think, well, what's Jesus trying to say? We just don't need to pay attention to anything. We just need to move on with our lives and, and take no thought for what's going on. No, that's not what Jesus is saying. As you read this and you really uh, dive into it and we get into the context, if you remember last week, and just a, just a brief review, I'm not going to re-preach that sermon by any means, we talked about laying up treasures in heaven, right? And we talked about how the, a lot of people are focused on, on their money and things of that nature. 
And in verse 25, we see the word therefore. You see that word there at the beginning of that verse? Therefore. So Jesus said, in light of the fact that a lot of people are, are, are caught up in their money, he said, let's talk about some other things. And he says, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. It's not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment. Jesus is talking to his disciples, right? We established that about five weeks ago. So just to refresh it, Jesus is preaching to his disciples. Now put yourself in their shoes, right? You're sitting there listening to Jesus and you have forsaken all to follow him. These disciples were at work one day on the side of the, the, the seashore and sitting at the tax table and they were in their various positions doing you know the mundane things of life and all of a sudden Jesus just shows up and asks them to follow him. And we know that they did, Peter, James, and John, they just left their nets. Uh, Matthew left the table of, of receipt, the, table, the tax table, and they just left and followed Jesus. Now I can imagine as they're doing that, they have some thoughts in their mind, well, now that I have left the, the security of my home, now what are we going to do? You know, I've got one change of clothes, I've got something on my back, and, and we don't have really anything to, to, anywhere to put anything. And so no doubt the disciples were just a little bit worried although they had the faith to follow Jesus I would say that that worry had somewhat crept into their mind this sermon this morning and and this section of scripture that Jesus is going to teach on and, and tell us uh, the truth on this morning it, I don't know if your Bible says it but mine does is your Bible say teachings on worry or something of that nature what this means and what Jesus is going to talk about is what worry is and I'm going to ask you this question this morning. This is basically the title of the sermon. What's wrong with worry? I mean, we all do it, right? Anybody in here ever worry about things? And people tend to, uh, if, if they worry a lot, what do you call them? You call them a worry wart. You all, all ever heard that, that phrase? You know, you say that person worries a lot and they're, they're just a worry wart. I've got a family member like that, that, that she's just always worried about something and it'll be just the, the smallest little things. And so this take no thought, what that really means is, and what Jesus is saying here, is that, that we, we have our thoughts and we have our minds. So last week he talked about money, and this week he's talking about our minds. See, what, it, what the, the thing about it is, is what we worry about generally consumes our mind. It takes up every, almost every thought that we have. When we start worrying about something, it's what we focus on. It's what we turn our attention to, and we stay that way. Now, these men had given up, uh, like I said, their livelihoods, their jobs. and In some cases, even uh, Peter seems to have left his wife behind. And so uh, they have followed Jesus, and now they don't have the, the, the next meal. They don't know where it's coming from. Maybe the next cold drink of water, they don't know where it's coming from. Or the next change of clothes, if their sandals wear out. Whatever the situation is, they don't know where it's going to come from. Now everybody in here, uh, I think this morning is probably has plenty of changes of clothes and we probably have plenty of food and plenty to drink. And so those things we generally don't worry about, right? Uh, I mean, I, I've never, I don't remember a time in my life when I have ever sat down and said, Oh no, where is the next meal going to come from? Now some of you may have experienced that. I personally never have. You know what I worry about more than anything? It's not what I'm going to eat, it's where I'm going to eat, right? We, we tend to worry more about that than anything. Some of you may be worried about that right now. Well, well what are we going to eat after church and where are we going to go? And, but that's not really a worry. 
But a lot of times we get caught up in things, and the problem with that is, is whatever we're worrying about is taking our focus off of God. That's the problem with worry. The problem is, is not that you're, you're, you're thinking about something. The problem is not that you, you're even concerned. I mean, concern is a good thing. There's a lot of things to be concerned about in the world. But the thing is that there's a difference in concern and worry. In fact, I looked the, the definition of worry up and it simply says this, to torment oneself or to suffer from disturbing thoughts. A lot of times we worry about things that will never happen. We, we play these scenarios out in our head and so what happens is we get so caught up in them. Jesus is talking about food. He's talking about clothes and, and what we're drinking and and then in verse 26, he says, Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. He says, But yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Jesus is talking about the things that we consume. And as, as Americans, I want to go ahead and throw this out there, we consume a lot. Would you say amen to that? I mean, we're consumers, Amen. And and uh, we're, we're and it's just because we've we're, we've got so much. I mean, we've got more money than most of the world. To be honest with you, if you've got ten dollars in your pocket, you've got more money than about fifty percent of everybody else in the world. And and you think, well, ten dollars is not a lot, but it is to some people. And we consume so much. Here's a thought for you. This, this hit me this week during the study. Don't let what you consume consume you. You understand what I'm saying there? If you don't get anything else out of this sermon this morning, whatever it is that you consume, whether that be food or, or whether that be raiment or whether it be, you, you know, that, that we actually, get this, we actually consume our homes. Did you know that? You don't think about it because we're not putting it in our mouth and chewing on it, but, but when we live in our houses every day, you know what? They wear out. Our vehicles, things are wearing out and things are, are depreciating and things are just, just falling apart and decaying and disintegrating and all this. And all these things that we consume and the things that we look around, a lot of times we get consumed with those things and we take our eyes off of what is important and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? He says, look at the birds. Now, I'm not a fan of birds, so I tend not to think about them too much, but he says they don't sow, or they don't reap. He said, we're gathering the barns. He said, they don't even store ahead, but yet God takes care of them. How much better are you this morning than a bird? I would say a whole lot better, wouldn't you? I would say a hundred times better, maybe a thousand times better. I don't know what the number is. I don't know how to, to put it into terms like that. But I want you to understand that God cares so much about you that He is going to take care of you. These are His disciples He's talking to. These are men that He has hand-selected, that God has sent Him to, to take, take uh, up and to follow Him. So let me, let me throw this out there to you, especially if you are a believer this morning, if God has saved you, if God has chosen you to be one of His, don't you think that God has your best interest in His heart? God is looking out for each and every one of us, whether we know it or not. See, the thing about it is, is, is the things that we think should happen in our lives don't always happen in our lives. 
And sometimes we get mad at God. Sometimes we don't understand what God is doing and and God has a greater purpose than we understand. But God is always looking out for us. So why should we worry about things that are in a few years, in 10 or 15 or 20, maybe even 100 years? They're not even going to be here. But yet we, we focus on them and we pay so much attention to these things. You ever think about that? You ever, you ever drive by a house on the side of the road and, and it's just dilapidated and falling in and the roof's falling in and, and all that? Did you know at one time, it may have been 50, it may have been 75 years ago, that was somebody's pride and joy. Somebody paid a great deal of money and put a lot of work into building that house and they were, may have been consumed by it and yet today everybody just drives by and don't pay attention to it. Don't let what you consume consume you. Amen? But then we move on in the scripture, verse number 27. And this is a wonderful verse of scripture right here. Jesus says, Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? We got any short people in here? Mason? Yeah, everybody's looking at you right now, brother. I'm sorry. Mason would love nothing more than to add 18 inches to his height, wouldn't you? He, he would be, what What would you be, 6'3", something like that? No, I'm just kidding, brother. <laughs> I love you, Mason. He says, how many of you, he's talking about things that we consume. He's talking about things outside the body before. But then Jesus turns his focus to the body itself. Now you think, uh, yeah, I don't worry about clothes, I don't worry about food, I don't worry about my house, but how many of you sometimes worry about what's going on with your, with your body? You ever worry about that? I would say that that's some of the biggest worries that we have in our lives is what's going on right here. He said none of us can think and add 18 inches to our height. Now there's an alternative interpretation of this, and I need to explain it to you because it makes sense that when this was interpreted, they weren't sure exactly what Greek word needed to go here. They weren't exactly sure how to interpret exactly perfectly into English what Jesus is saying. So an actual alternative to this is that how many of you can add any amount of time to your life? That's another way to look at this. You can't make yourself any taller. You can't make yourself anything else. And, and at the end of the day, you can't make yourself live any longer, right? I mean, we try to live as long as we possibly can for the most part. I mean, most people are, are taking medications and, and most people are exercising and doing things so that they can get, live their fullest life, live as long as they possibly can. But here's, here's a newsflash. If God says it's your time to go... It's time to go, right? I mean, it absolutely is. And he says, how many of you, by just thinking about it, can, can, can actually add some time or add some height or add, add something? God is sovereign. God is over us. And it's whatever God says that goes. I have found this and, and this to be the best way to live life. If you want a piece of life advice, here it is. I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. I just, I'm just a guy with a Bible, amen? But if you want to you really live your life to the fullest, quit worrying about things you don't have any control over. If you have control over something, then do something about it, right? You know what I worry about sometimes? I worry about if my yard needs mowing. I think about it. I have control over that, right? All I got to do is go to my basement and get on my lawnmower and hop on it and mow the yard. That's something I can control. But, but something major, something big, like well, maybe one of my kids is going to be sick, I don't have any control over that. 
I can't just, just wish things and to, to happen or not to happen. And so we cannot worry. And worry doesn't change anything at all. Would you say amen? We get caught up in these things and we get upside down in them and, and, and worry, can, worry can, actually, can actually kill you. I looked up some things, what people worry about. Because we all worry whether we admit it or not. Nobody in here likes to admit that they worry, but we do. And I looked it up and I, I wondered, what do people worry about? And you know what the number one thing is? Anybody want to just throw a guess out there? Anybody? People worry about money more than anything else. People worry about money. And people worry about, do they have enough money? Do they, do they, maybe if they've got a bunch of money, which is a problem I've never had, and, and I don't know about you, but, but they, then they worry about how they're going to keep that money, right? They worry about money, and, and that consumes us. That's an outside thing. And then the second thing that people worry about that kind of involves money is they worry about their jobs. I mean, they worry about, you know, things at their job and things related to their job. And, and, and so many of you know what it is to work a full day at work and then take something home with you that you're thinking about, right, that's consuming you and worrying you. Then the next thing they worry about is relationships. Maybe a relationship between them and their wife, them and their children, they worry about what people think, just, just other people around them. They wonder about the relationships. And then this should have been, in my opinion, higher on the list. Another thing that people worry about is their health. It's strange that God made it so that when we worry, we can actually worsen our health. Isn't that crazy? That worry can actually, can actually give you stomach ulcers and cause your blood pressure to go up and can cause a heart attack or a stroke. I mean, worry is just not good all over the board. Amen? Not only is it bad for you physically and or spiritually, but it's bad for you physically. You say, well, preacher, that's easy for you to say. You don't have a whole lot of things going on in your life that you have to worry about. I tell you, I've got a lot of things. Things that people don't know about and, and I try not to worry about them but sometimes I think about them. But the thing about it is, is I try not to let them consume me. So many times we get caught up in things and we take our focus on, off of God and we begin to, our faith begins to waver. I want you to notice what Jesus says in verse number 30. Turn your attention back to verse number 30. He says, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? He says in verse 32, For after all these things to the gen do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. God knows you need food. God knows you need clothes. And God knows that you want to be healthy. God is looking out for us. I think about all the things that are, that are going on in the world. I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, I, 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 just, I, I get dis discouraged and distressed and 
disillusioned sometimes. And I'm looking around and, and, and honestly, nothing surprises me anymore. When I hear about, when I hear about all these bad things that are going on, you, you hear about bombings and you hear about shootings and you hear about all the things that are going on, you know, it's really easy to worry about that. It's really easy to stand there and, and, and wring our hands and say, what are we going to do? How, how are we going to make it? I'll be honest with you, sometimes I worry about the future of what my children are going to have to look forward to. Think about your kids. Look, look at these little kids around in this service right now. I see Jackson and, and I see Judah and Barrett and Shaylee and, and Jonah and Lucy are somewhere back there. And all these little children, it, it's easy for me as a parent to think, oh man, if it's bad now, what's it going to be like when they're my age? I was talking to my friend the other day about that on the phone. He's got little kids. I said, what's it going to be like for our, for our children one of these days? But you know what? At the end of the day, I don't have control over that. I can raise my kids right. I can show them the Bible. I can point them towards God. I can tell them that God will take care of them. But at the end of the day, God has a plan for their life. God has something for them, and I can't control that. So guess what? I'm not going to worry about it. I'll think about it sometimes. It might go through in my passing, but I cannot be consumed by that. You think about the sickness going on in the world, right? We worry about that, don't we? I, I mean, sometimes I think about it, and I, I think, I question, you know, a lot of... Uh, just to be honest with you, we've, a lot of people have got sick, right? Have y'all noticed that? I mean, that's, that's this is real deal. It's, I mean, this is happening. You know, at the beginning of COVID, we were all trying to be like, well, you know, this, this thing will go away. 18 months later, it hadn't went away, right? Would you say amen to that? And a lot, and you think about, well, is it, is it my turn next? This week, uh, Lacey, uh, a lot of y'all know this, Wednesday, if you were here Wednesday night, I wasn't here Wednesday night because Lacey had, had to get tested this week. She lost her taste and smell. Right, that's the sign, right? Oh, no, you know. And I thought, well, you know, we're going to be out of church for a couple of weeks. But I try not to worry about that because at the end of the day, I cannot control what goes on. But God can. I can use common sense. Would you say amen to that? I can be smart. You know, people are arguing with each other over what the best approach to this is and, and, and all, all these things. I think the best approach is, is use your brain, use common sense. I've, I've heard people say this. I just want to throw this out there this morning, and some people may get mad at me. I've heard people say that the vac getting vaccinated is the mark of the beast. That's ridiculous. Amen? That's ridiculous. People are saying that, that, that that's the mark of the beast, and if you take it, you're going to hell. That's baloney, people. All right? I, I've seen that, that people, people argue over it, people fight about it. And one preacher said this, you know who's, who's the author of all this? Not, not the author of the, the coronavirus, but the author of the arguments, Satan. You know what Satan wants to do? He wants to divide this church. He wants people to, to sit over here and say, well, I don't believe this, and some people to say, I don't believe that. If you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. Amen? God gave us common sense. God gave us a brain to use. And so 
but the thing about it is, is even though we use our common sense, we cannot be worried about it. I can't let it consume me because I can't control it. I can do my part. I can do what I can. And then the rest is up to a sovereign God. Amen? We focus on these things, and so eventually we focus on it so much that God just gets taken out of the equation altogether. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8 says this. He says, finally, brethren... He said, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Focus on the things of God. Put your faith in Him, and I promise God will take care of you. Amen? Don't worry about everything. Don't, don't stay consumed in the things of this world. And he gives us a final, a final uh, send-off verse here, verse 33. And he kind of ends this thought. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Just follow God. Turn your attention and turn your focus 100% to God. I mean, I know there's things in the world we've got to pay attention to. We've got a lot of things going on, but we stay way too tied up in so much other stuff that eventually it's not going to matter. It's just temporal. It's, it's going to go away. It's going gonna, it's gonna to dissolve one of these days. Why don't we focus on something that never changes, and that is God? Why don't we focus on the one that, that has everything in control? Let's focus on God. Let's turn our attention back to God. As, as we talked about last week, people focus on money and people focus on so many other things. And I believe that the devil's going to use these things to, to turn our attention away from God. You, you wonder why our country is in the shape it's in. I'm not talking about sickness, but I'm talking about wars and, and debt and all these things. It's because people have taken their focus off of what's important, and that is God. Amen? Let's, at the Cookville Free Will Baptist Church, this may seem like a real simple thought, but let's just focus on God. Let's just focus on what's important. I mean, uh, God's taken good care of pretty much every individual in this church, right? Everybody's belly's full. Everybody's got nice clothes on. Everybody's got a vehicle, a place to live for, for the most part. And so everybody's doing pretty good. So let's not worry about that. And let's focus on things have eternal impact let's turn our minds to those that are lost those that are on their way to hell those that may be backslidden you know that's that's eternal most of this stuff that God's talking about even to the point of our bodies they're just temporal our bodies are going to dissolve one of these days they're just going to decay away so why do we focus on these things worry it's, it's, it's something that, that Jesus wouldn't have, appears not to be a fan of. And he says, don't do it. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. Let's pray. Father, this message is, is so pertinent to the time that we live in. And God, I just pray that, that this message would go out and it would, it would penetrate hearts. And Lord, help us not to worry about things that we can't control. Help us to do what we can 
Help us to, to seek your will in things. But God, at the end of the day, ultimately, you're the one in control and we're not. And God, we praise you. And Lord, we thank you for your sovereignty. We thank you that you are a holy, magnificent God. And Lord, we thank you for being so good to us and taking such good care of us. Even when we, when we can't take care of ourselves, you're still God. Lord, we trust you and we thank you in Jesus' name.